these are your hosts, Grace, Kim, and Brianna. Hi. Hey. From the MISN CAP team. This podcast is under the Real Women's Forum and aims to serve and discuss themes on trust in relationships, sexual health, hygiene, racial issues, and misogyny, among other things. One of those things is the addition of subjects that pertain to you. We have created a new section under our podcast named Adolescence with an X, where we will speak on topics that particularly relate to you. Before we start, a small disclaimer, the Real Women's Forum podcast does not issue any medical advice. Instead, the podcast serves as a safe and brave space for women and other members of the community to discuss, voice common concerns, and share their experiences. We encourage you to visit MISM's website to seek information on specialized programs regarding health insurance, improving birth outcomes, and educating teens on the risks of being sexually active. So, as many of you may not know, Brianna was out on maternity leave for two months, uh, which is why she hasn't been here for our past few podcast episodes, but she is back now, and she has her baby here, too, and we're so excited to have both of them here. And since she is a new mom, we figured that this would be a great opportunity to get a new mom's perspective on pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. Aw, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be back at work with you um, both, and I'm excited to be back on the podcast. With a new member. Yes, <laughs> Zoe. Zoe's here with us, so if you hear anything in the background, it is um, our baby Zoe, mm-hmm. MISN cat baby. <laughs> our newest intern. Okay, so the first question that we have for you was, what was it like to be pregnant and look as young as you do? So yeah, so I feel like being being my like literally my whole life everyone never knows how old I am people see me out and they're like how old are you 12 I'm like oh no uh, I'm in college or uh how old are you are you six I remember I went to the doctor's office once and they didn't believe that I was there for my own appointment they were like where's your mom I was like mm, I have an appointment at two o'clock so I'm just checking in so definitely being pregnant and having a huge belly um and looking as young as I do was kind of hard because I've always wanted to have a baby and I was really happy about my pregnancy, but it seems like everybody in my surroundings was like, why is a six-year-old pregnant? So um, I got a lot of faces. Um, I would go to um, the grocery store with my mom sometimes and people would give her dirty looks like, what are you doing? Like, why is your daughter pregnant? Um, So I feel like a lot of like negativity and a lot of judgment was around that. So I kind of had to learn how to ignore it and just be like, you know, it's my life and I'm going to do what I want. So I'm going to embrace my pregnancy and, and love it and just enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like there's also a lot of stigma around being a young mom. Yeah, there is. Like there, if you're not like 25 or like older, you shouldn't have a baby. And if yeah. you do, then people are judging you. And not just even that, but I feel like even the females our age are like, I don't want kids until I'm 40. I don't want kids until I'm 30. I feel like our generation doesn't want to have kids in their 20s, mid to late 20s. They just don't want to. So I feel like even even people our age are like, whoa, this girl's pregnant. Like, that's crazy because I want to go and make passive income or go and be in Miami this weekend instead of having a kid. Yeah. But I also think a lot of that has to do with kind of the mindset that our generation has overall, um, which is not necessarily a bad mindset to have. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people want to be financially stable before they're bringing a child into the world. Um, but I also think we need to think about our biology and I feel like 
our bodies are pretty prime for having children when you're in your 20s. Like that's the perfect sweet spot. And so I think there's a lot of things that people have to take into consideration, but I just also think that there should be no judgment for anyone's situation, regardless of how old they are and when they're having a kid. You never know the circumstances that led a person to that point. And it's really terrible to think that just by seeing someone, you can just assume that they, you know, just got pregnant and it's just whatever. Like you should never judge anyone for where they're at and what their life circumstances are. Yeah, I remember I would be at the grocery store and people would look at me and I would just want to scream at them and be like, I'm in my 20s, I'm not 12, and I have a job, and I have a degree. Like, don't judge me. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, um, like, not just that, but also I feel like the double whammy is being a Latina that's pregnant, that looks 16, and then people are just like, that just brings a whole nother like, area into it. It's like, oh, wow, look at this 16-year-old Latina girl that's pregnant again. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was that was another like side of it. But I was like, whatever, I'm going to embrace it. And it's my journey. And this is what I want. So screw you, because that person at the supermarket isn't going to be paying my bills and they're not going to be raising my baby. So at the end of the day, it's my journey and it's what I want to do. So do you think there is no way to end the judgment and the stigma on like young pregnancy, I guess? I don't think there is. I feel like it's like a societal thing. And then it maybe maybe there can there it will be a change later down the line, but I don't see it like Grace said. People are are changing their mindset towards like wanting to be pregnant later on in life. So I feel like because that is the new idea and like the new norm, it's not gonna be it's not gonna feel normal, and the stigma isn't gonna end anytime soon. Unless people stop being nosy and like mind their business, which <laughs> that is an option. Yes, mind your business. <laughs> Well, what are some unexpected changes that happen to your body during pregnancy and afterwards? Oh my God, unexpected changes. Well, the human body is an amazing thing and the female body is amazing. Your body goes through a lot of changes, a lot, a lot of changes. So the first one, well, obviously like you grow a baby in your stomach, so your belly. They say like moisturize and do all these things, but I feel like stretch marks are inevitable. So stretch marks are definitely one of them. I'm 5'1", so having a baby in my belly was kind of painful towards the end because my belly was huge and it just like the way gravity works, like my center of gravity was different. So towards the end, I didn't have balance. My knees were hurting. My lower back was hurting. A lot of things were hurting, (laughs) but I feel like that's just because of my size and because you're growing another human inside you. So that's definitely something that changes. Obviously your breasts change a lot. I went up to almost three cup sizes, which is a lot, but thankfully it was for a good purpose because I'm able to breastfeed my baby and exclusively breastfeed, which a lot of women aren't able to because they don't produce enough milk. So I'm really happy that I'm able to do that. So that was a blessing. Honestly, something that changes, or maybe it's something that you notice more is your body odor. So your body odor changes. So, you know, like everybody has their own odor. Like, you know what your sweat smells like? Mm -hmm. My sweat was smelling different. I had to change my deodorant because I was like, I was like, what the heck? It was like stinkier? Yeah. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like this, I've been using this deodorant since high school. It's my favorite deodorant. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I have to go and find something different because this isn't working. Mm. Yeah. So they say, sometimes they say your body odor changes because of the different hormones in your body, Mm -hmm. because you have so much stuff going on. And then sometimes they say that your sense of smell is heightened. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So it could be a combination of both. Yeah. I think it definitely is a combination of both. Cause I also, I mean, for me personally, when it's my time of the month, my sense of smell is heightened aggressively. Like I can smell everything from a mile away. (laughs) 
yeah so that was one thing that I was like whoa I remember my best friend during my whole pregnancy and even now that's always here was Google and I think Google was always my best friend but I never noticed but every time I'd be like why am I smelling during pregnancy like second trimester is this normal what about um unexpected life changes I know you had said before that a lot of women when they're pregnant are like really excited to get back to life act oh. like get back to themselves and just yes. like give birth so they can have their baby and then be themselves again um yeah. but of course that's not necessarily the reality so yeah that really is not the reality that's the one thing that I was thinking about my whole pregnancy I was like I can't wait I can't wait to have my baby and to be my normal self again and not that you're not normal when you're pregnant but obviously there's a lot of changes like hormonal changes like you could either become more emotional or you just change like you become a different person when you're carrying a completely different human in your body so the whole pregnancy I was like oh my god like I can't wait for her to come out so that I can be me again and then the baby comes out and you're not like your same self anymore and you can never be that person anymore like now you live for somebody else and not that that's a bad thing Mm -hmm. but you're no longer the same version of you like now you're a different version of you that's changing because now just because you had the baby doesn't mean that you're already completely a mother and like you're ready and you're a new version of yourself but you're gradually changing and becoming a mom like as a transition like it's a whole gradual process and that old self that you were like yearning to get back to just isn't there anymore. I feel like that also relates to snapping back. Yes. So a lot of women expect that or they want their body to be as it was before pregnancy. And I feel like a lot of women now realize that that's not going to happen or it's not ever, ever yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we just have to normalize. Things will not go back to the way they were. Yeah. But yeah. I also feel like a lot of the snapping back culture has to do with like a really negative body culture that we have like I think a lot of people have an ideal image of what they want their body to look like rather than just wanting to perform your best in whatever state that you're in so being healthy during your pregnancy should be your goal and then being healthy afterwards should be your goal not trying to get back to some crazy body standard you had for yourself prior to giving birth to a whole human exactly like insane expectations like a big change that I've noticed in myself is my hips obviously I carried a whole child in my body for nine months and I didn't give birth to my baby vaginal delivery and I had a c-section but still my hips are different from what they used to be before Mm -hmm. and I that's nothing that's like that's not gonna go back and that's okay like I'm okay with that And I've had to, in the beginning of like postpartum, like probably like two to three weeks postpartum, I was like, I want my body back. Like I want to be what, like I look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself. Because obviously after you have a baby, the belly doesn't just go away. Mm -hmm. Like obviously your uterus has to shrink and that takes time. And so I remember I'd look in the mirror and be like, what happened? I'm holding the baby. Why does it look like I still have a baby in me? Yeah. Like, let's go body, figure it out. And then um, thankfully I have a great support system that would just be like, give yourself time, relax. It's been three weeks since you gave birth. It's a miracle. You grew a whole human inside you. So it takes time. So your body takes as it took nine months to grow the body. It's going to take you some time for you to become a different body. Mm -hmm. Because like Kim said, you might not have the exact same body that you had before, but you're going to have a different body. And that's okay as long as you're healthy and as long as your baby's healthy, then then that's okay. We have to work towards accepting that. Yeah, that's something that I've had to work towards accepting. Like I have stretch marks. And I remember during the pregnancy, I was like, let's put everything in everything that says stretch mark cream, fade cream, like everything, whatever there is so that postpartum, 
the stretch marks will go away. And the reality is that some of them may lighten up, but some of them aren't going to go away Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. That's the price that I pay being a mother and I have a beautiful child. And so that's something that's going to stay there and it'll be a reminder. Some people call them their tiger stripes. Like I earned my tiger stripes and you kind of turn it into something positive Mm -hmm. because who says that you can't have stretch marks? Like, like Like who said, who said that that wasn't allowed? You grew a whole human. (laughs) Yeah. Like obviously your skin is going to stretch. Like if you, you grew a whole person inside you and that's okay. So I think the snapping back should be a mental snapping back. It shouldn't be your body snapping back because a lot of things happen when you're postpartum. All the hormones that you have raging through your body are slowly leaving your body, but they're still, some of them are still racing in there. So you have, like, you think differently um, and your body just reacts differently. Some women lose their hair. A lot of women bald postpartum. Yeah. And that's insane because like, obviously while you're pregnant, there's a lot of extra hormones in your body that caused your hair to go on overdrive. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women's hair flourishes while they're pregnant. Other women's hair doesn't. And so postpartum, like once that stuff is leaving your body, some women's hair falls out, like back to TikTok. I've seen TikToks of women that have huge bald spots that they're dealing with because of postpartum. And then it's a reality. Like a lot of things happen after you have your baby. So that old you might not really ever come back. Yeah. But it's a new and improved. Rihanna 2.0, you know, <laughs> like mom version, mom edition. Some women may fear that they will not know the child's needs or they will not be able to meet them. Would you say that motherly instincts are something that just comes naturally or are they learned? Uh, for me personally, some things I feel like are learned and I do think some things come naturally. Something as simple as recognizing your baby's cry I didn't know that was a thing. Like I, I love babies and I've always wanted a baby and I would see babies in my surroundings and I never understood how mom knew. Like, is that a pain cry? Is that a, I have to burp cry? Is that a, I'm a hungry cry? Is that I need to poop cry? And that's something that I've kind of gotten used to is like understanding her and like what she needs. So I think that's an instinct and like nobody has the same bond that you have with your child. And then obviously other things are learned. Like I said, Google's my best friend. Like if she has too many hiccups, I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with her? I think it's a mixture of both. And I know you said that you're breastfeeding. What's that like? How often do you have to do it? Do you worry about producing enough milk? Or did you worry initially? I definitely over worried initially. So initially, Zoe didn't want to latch. Can you explain what latching is? Okay, yeah. So latching is when um, the baby basically attaches to your breast to feed. So a lot of babies sometimes have a hard time latching because they're so brand new. Like they do have a sucking reflex, but sometimes babies have tongue ties, um, which means that their tongue is attached to the bottom of their mouth. So they can't lift their tongue or they have lip ties, which means that their lip can't really come up like open and so like a lot of different things um so although they know how to suckle Mm -hmm. they might not know how to open their mouth and correctly position themselves on your breast another thing that plays a huge role is the size of your breasts um, or just the baby being able to open their mouth wide enough in order to attach themselves to the breast to eat and so zoe just didn't want to do that Like she just was like, nope, I don't want to do it. So her first few days in the hospital, she was syringe fed because obviously she needs to eat. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I was really adamant about breastfeeding. I had expectations for myself. And that's something that I feel like um, pregnant women also have to realize that after you have the baby, like all these expectations and all these things that you wanted to do, it's very unpredictable. So you might not be able to do what you want to do. 
to like be ready for plan B and plan C. And like, that's okay. So I knew that I didn't want to formula feed my baby. I wanted to breastfeed my baby, strictly breastfeed. But that didn't mean that I couldn't give her a bottle or that I couldn't spoon feed her because that's also an option or that I couldn't syringe feed her. So I didn't want to confuse her because there's um, sometimes there's nipple to bottle confusion, um, which means that the baby will take a bottle and then we'll get accustomed to the flow of the bottle because the bottle will just provide milk a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Whereas for the breast, the baby has to work a little bit more in order to um, have a letdown. A letdown is when your breast starts flowing milk into the baby's mouth and that causes more work. So a bottle can't really have a letdown just like as soon as they're attached to it, milk comes out. So they don't have to do that much work. So I was worried when I was in the hospital about giving the baby a bottle mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't want her to get too comfortable in her first stages of life and be like, okay, this is easy. And then I have a hard time transitioning into her breastfeeding. So I was stressed and stressed is not even the word. Like I was, I was so worried. Um, and like I said, in the beginning, Uh, postpartum like you have all these hormones racing so I was so worried I was like oh my god she doesn't want to breastfeed and I wasn't producing enough milk at first because it takes a couple weeks for them for the milk to come in and everybody's body is different so I was extremely worried once we left the hospital I got a good breast pump so I was pumping my milk pumping really helped no one really tells you how to pump though unless you have like a consultant or mm-hmm. you look it up so it's really good to talk to a lactation consultant they say in order to produce more milk you should pump every 2 hours because that's how often the baby should eat so um i was pumping every 2 hours in order to produce more milk and i was bottle feeding her i decided to start bottle feeding her because like I couldn't syringe feed her forever and she didn't want to take the breast so i was like you know what i'm just going to give her the bottle So I gave in and I gave her the bottle and I kind of gave up on breastfeeding for like a little bit. I was like, you know, she's not going to take it. Like at least she's eating. So I was happy that she was eating. Like I came to terms with the fact that maybe I can't breastfeed her, but I could give her breast milk through a bottle. So I settled for that. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I have a great support system. So they were like, no, do not get discouraged. It's okay. Um, A lot of women in my family were like, sometimes the baby just needs to get a little bigger to just be more aware and be able to open their mouth a little bit more and just learn how to do certain things when they're a little bigger because they're so brand new um, when they're born that some things just have to be learned. So I did that for probably like a month. And then I, I kept trying and trying to teach her to latch. And thankfully she latched, which I was really happy about. And then she was breastfeeding more often, which made it a lot easier for nighttime feeds because I didn't have to wake up to heat milk up or to wake up to pump to heat milk to give her food. So that made it a lot easier. But then Zoe decided that she only wanted the breast. So now we're on a strictly booby <laughs> journey where um, she's being breastfed through my breast. Um, and now she doesn't want to take the bottle. So now we're going to have to bottle train her, which is okay. I'm happy that she's eating and she's getting fed. So breastfeeding is definitely a journey to say the least. And everybody's journey is different. Like some women will breastfeed like as soon as the baby's born, like two hours after they have skin to skin and the baby just latches and is great and eats and is healthy. So yeah, everyone's experience is different, but that was mine. Extremely stressful, I will say. 100% stressful. Dang. Yeah. Speaking of journeys, and I don't know if this is your answer for the next question, but what has been the hardest thing about the season of your life, you know, whether it's during pregnancy, birth, or just being a mom, and what has been the best? I feel like being pregnant is one season, 
um, having the baby is another season and then being a mom is another season. They're yeah. all like three different chapters that obviously are part of my life. So every part has like a difficulty and a great part. Being pregnant, I feel like the worst part was like the aches and pains. Thankfully for most of my pregnancy, I was comfortable and I was able to work up to like basically birth. The last yeah, the day. Last, yeah, the, the last we were day. literally with Brianna the day before she gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully I was able to do that. But yeah, so the best part was obviously growing a baby in my body. Like I was so happy. The kicks, I miss them. Like oh. now, like you kind of take them for granted, like nine months in. Yeah. But once like the baby's out, you're like, put her back in. Like <laughs> you remember we used to play. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to tap my belly and you used to kick back. Like that's so now you just cry. <laughs> um, so that was the best part of being pregnant was feeling her inside my belly. So having her, I like seeing her. That's the best part. I feel like watching her grow like outside the womb is like so much fun. Mm-hmm because she changes every day and I notice something new every day which is really cool but yeah that's the best part the worst part about having her on the outside is probably the crying honestly like if I hear her wailing sometimes it gives me anxiety yeah like I'm like oh my god you're crying like I need you to stop crying like I don't know what's wrong with you like I'll do you do everything you birth them you feed them you change their diaper you make sure that their clothes don't have anything that's uncomfortable on them you take their socks off like are they overheating are they too cold you do all that and then they just keep crying sometimes yeah and sometimes they just want to be held so you're like okay well uh I did everything what What do I do next (laughs) what do I do next so that's the worst I guess it's a learning curve Mm -hmm. and then for being a mom I guess the downside to being a mom is that you live for something else like you live for a different being Mm -hmm. so there's no such thing as me I guess there it's like mom time now like you always run on mom time like now you live for something else and you worry about something else constantly Mm -hmm. I guess so the worry and they say that the worry like other moms tell me the worry never ends yeah like your child can be 30 and you still worry yeah so that's something that's going to be there forever and I were used to worry before. So now that I actually have something that I created mm-hmm. to worry about is definitely way more intense. But the best part of being a mom is that I have a best friend. I have a, a little girl and I can take her everywhere and I can be with her all the time and I can dress her and play with her and talk to her. Even though she can't talk to me yet, I can't wait for her to start talking. Yeah. Um, it's they like, have been matching every day, just so y'all know, since she's been in the office, her stop. and Zoe have been matching outfits every <laughs> single day. <laughs> that is really, it wasn't on purpose, I promise. <laughs> it probably, mom instinct just happened. Yeah. I, did, I didn't do it on purpose. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's definitely the best part. But yeah, the downside is definitely the worrying and having to drop everything. Mm-hmm. Like I could be eating dinner and if she starts crying, like if I put her down to sleep and I go eat and she starts crying, well, then dinner gets cold and I have to ho- go help the baby. But it's not something that I'm like angry about. Yeah. Like obviously, like I want to care for her and I'm not resentful about it, but it's just something that it's a new reality. Is there anything about the process of pregnancy and birth that you wish you would have done differently or want to do differently in the future? I wanted to have a natural birth. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. Like I was like, I want to try it naturally. I want to, I want to experience 
that high that they say that you feel mm-hmm. once you have a vaginal delivery. They say that your body is racing and they just say it's like the best thing that you could ever experience. And unfortunately, like my journey, I couldn't experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. My body didn't do it. And I'm grateful that it's not something that I'm resentful about because I've read a lot of stories of women that feel like they failed mm-hmm. at birth and they failed at being a woman because they couldn't do that. And I'm so grateful that I don't feel that way. But I am sad that my body didn't do it because like I said, some women are, some women are resentful. They're like the one thing that my body is made to do, my body couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything happens for a reason. And obviously it did. For the listeners that are out there, I was in labor for 19 hours. I was induced because I was a week over my due date and I was in the hospital. And while I was being induced with Pitocin, I didn't dilate further than three centimeters. So I came in that day, dilated three centimeters, and I was there for 19 hours having contractions and I didn't go past the three centimeters. So my body wasn't, it just wasn't doing it. And that's okay. Um, So I ended up going for a C-section. After the C-section, the doctor was like, well, I'm glad we did a C-section because the baby was wrapped around the umbilical cord. So even if she did descend, it would probably have complicated and then we would have gone into emergency Mm -hmm. C-section right after that. So like I said, everything happens for a reason, but that's the one thing that I wish was different. So when did you first start to see yourself as a mother and was the transition into motherhood hard? I started to feel like a mother as soon as I found out I was pregnant. When I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, that's it. I'm a mom. I need to, because if you think about it, like that's when the sacrifices start. Like the sacrifices start the first day you find out you're pregnant. You can't eat certain things. Like you, like obviously you can't have alcohol. Mm -hmm. So that's like number one sacrifice. Like I love beer and I like to drink beer. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, that's it. It's done. I can't do anything like I didn't want to take any type of medicine. I was like, I have something growing inside me. I want it to be just natural, like take its course. I didn't, I wasn't drinking coffee. I wasn't drinking tea. I wasn't drinking alcohol. I didn't want to take any medicine. If anything, like I didn't want to take ibuprofen. Like it's safe to take Tylenol. And I didn't even want to take that. Like I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. If I'm in pain, I'm gonna suck it up. I have a whole being inside me. I don't know if what I put inside me is going to affect the baby. So we're just going to take this course naturally. So I definitely felt like a mom the first day I found out I was pregnant. And I was so happy that I was a mom already. Because when I found out, um, Zoe already had a heartbeat. So I was like, that's it. It's reached. I'm a mom. (laughs) Don't tell me nothing. I'm a mother. Because I'm a mother. (laughs) So definitely, um, as soon as I found out, as soon as they confirmed my pregnancy, I was like, that's it. And the transition into motherhood was definitely hard because like you can read about other people's like transitions into motherhood, but you never know what yours is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's journey is different. Like I said, I want a natural birth. I couldn't have that. I wanted to breastfeed from day one and I couldn't do that. So I feel like transitioning into motherhood is understanding that now everything's unpredictable. Um, and even now having Zoe and she's like almost three months, it's unpredictable. Like sometimes like I had her doctor's appointment one day and I was going to take her in and she was having a fussy morning. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? Like, and so I was late to her appointment because she didn't want to stop crying. So I couldn't dress her. I couldn't do anything because all she wanted to do was be on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So definitely the transition has been unpredictable, but I don't take it for granted. Like, and I, and I'm not hating on the transition. Um, It's just a learning curve and I'm happy because it's teaching me patience because I'm a very impatient person. And so it's taught me that like, it's no longer your time. Now it's mom time. And so 
learn to be patient with yourself um, and learn to be patient with the whole journey. Can you talk a little bit about um, postpartum anxiety and depression? I know most people know a bit about postpartum depression, but they don't realize how anxiety can also play into being a new mom. Yeah, so postpartum depression is definitely a big thing. And I feel like that's something that there's a lot of information on and there's a lot of awareness on it. I feel like when people talk about pregnancy, they're like, oh my God, like hopefully I don't get postpartum depression. But nobody really talks about postpartum anxiety. I feel like having a baby, or this is like speaking from my own personal experience, having a baby is a stressful situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like you have a baby and now you have to care for a whole other human, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to transition into motherhood, like we spoke about before. And that like, it's a big change in your life. So change to some people causes anxiety. So to me, I'm not a big fan of change. Although I'm a free spirit, I feel like I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And I, and I I know my life, you Mm -hmm. know, like I've lived it for 20 something years. I know how I function. And now I've been thrown into this, I don't know, this like whirlpool. Yeah. Where every step you have to account for another human. (laughs) Yeah. Where now I have to think about somebody else and it's a complete learning curve. And so that causes anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I didn't realize was a thing. And also worrying about everything causes anxiety. Yeah. So worrying if the baby's eating enough, like, is that poop color the right color? And then I would run to Google, like, is she breathing? Like, is she okay? Like, if I put her down, is she going to be okay? Like, don't put her on her side. Just being overprotective of the baby, which causes anxiety. And I didn't realize that that was something that would happen or something that was a thing for mothers postpartum Mm -hmm. until like I was reading on one of the pregnancy pamphlets or postpartum pamphlets and it was like postpartum anxiety is a thing and so I was so surprised honestly I didn't read a lot about postpartum anything while I was pregnant because I was just worried about what was happening inside my body um, and how I could care for the baby after but not how I could care for myself after yeah so yeah postpartum anxiety is definitely huge Um, And something that I also wasn't aware of is paternal postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. Like you think that just because it's the mom that has the baby, that she's the only one that can be affected. Like, no, like the father can be affected as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that's not spoken about either. Definitely. Like you hear postpartum depression and you think mom, Mm -hmm. like mom is sad. Mom is crying all the time. Mom doesn't want to see the baby. Um, Mom is feeling detached from the baby. Um, Mom feels like she can't do it. Um, But then you also have to think about not only one person made baby, it takes two to make a baby. um, And fathers can get postpartum depression too. Um, It can look like the same way it looks like for women. Yeah. Like they may feel like they're not capable. They may feel like they're not able. They may feel like they don't understand the baby. They may feel like they don't have a bond with the baby. They can just be tired and want to sleep all the time and just be disconnected from the whole journey. Yeah. So that's something that's really big too that I didn't even know about until I got like my whole postpartum packet of information. I was like, oh shoot, dad could get depression too. Like (laughs) that's something to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to say is I feel like, I mean, and I'm not a mother, so I can't necessarily give advice on it, but I do feel like becoming a mom is a really insane experience. And yes, you have a new priority, like someone that you're going to put first in your life. But I also think that it's really important to take care of yourself. So you're performing your best as a mother. If you're not doing what you need to do to maintain your own health and maintain your own mental health, you're not going to be the best mother that you can be to your child. 
And that's a part of prioritizing your child. Mm -hmm. And I also do know, and I have heard this from many people that for men becoming a dad is like the top most stressful thing that they will ever experience in their life. (laughs) And so to have a child come into the world and like, you know, you're not the one that the child needs all the time. Like you're, you can't breastfeed your kid. Your child probably is attached to their mom. That can be really hard for a lot of men. And so I think these are all just important things to take into account and to know maybe if there are any men listening that, you know, just because in the beginning, it may not seem like you're bonding with your child as much, like you still have genetic material in there. That's still your kid. Yes. Like At the end of the day, they're going to love you when they, they first of all, they love you anyway, but mm-hmm. it's going to take a second for them to understand that you're also a person that can meet their needs as well. So, yeah. And yeah, like Grace said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So that's something that's really important. Something that I learned while breastfeeding is you have to eat throw like a crazy amount of calories that you have to eat in order to. Because don't you, you have to pass the calories on to the baby and don't you burn calories while you're. You burn, I think, I forget the numbers. I think it's 500 calories. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's 500 calories every feed. That's crazy. It's insane. And so, yeah. So something that I didn't know while I was breastfeeding is that you get thirsty. (laughs) drink your water yes you get so thirsty I was walking around with my hydro flask for the first two months of my life because every time I fed her I was like why am I so thirsty I was I had Gatorade I was drinking Gatorade um I was drinking Pedialyte Pedialyte. I I was thirsty (laughs) my skin was dry I was like damn what is going on went on google (laughs) i went on google and they were like the number one component of breast milk is water like you have to drink water like in order to breastfeed you need to drink water and you need to eat and i didn't want to eat like i wasn't hungry my first couple months like first month home like i was just stressed yeah i was stressed and i had anxiety and that probably plays a lot into the lack of hunger yes and so i wasn't hungry and so it's like a whole vicious cycle I was stressed and I wasn't hungry. So I wasn't eating. So I wasn't eating. I wasn't, if I'm not eating, I'm definitely not like I was thirsty, but I wasn't like, Ooh, let me go drink water. I didn't want to drink water. So I wasn't drinking water. So I wasn't producing enough breast milk. And then I was like stressed because I couldn't produce breast milk. So it was a whole vicious cycle. So I had to take a step back and be like, all right, I'm going to have to eat because I need to feed this baby. Mm -hmm. So now let me eat. And let me drink water. They say drink water every time you're feeding, like have a water bottle bottle with you so that you replenish the water in your body and you stay hydrated. So yeah, definitely take care of yourself. Try to do things for yourself. Like they say, and this is so hard. This is something that I couldn't do. People always say, sleep when the baby's sleeping. I couldn't do it. I could not sleep when the baby was sleeping. Not because I I was definitely tired, but I just couldn't sleep. I like, I couldn't find myself laying down like when she was sleeping because she was sleeping like, all day mm-hmm. and they say like you need to sleep also plays a huge role in producing breast milk yeah um because your body needs to rest in order to get to work so they say sleep but I but I couldn't mm-hmm. like I couldn't sleep either because I was pumping because I needed to have milk for her the next time she mm-hmm. was gonna eat she was eating I think like three ounces so I would only pr- because I was producing so little because I wasn't eating because I wasn't drinking mm-hmm. I would only produce three ounces every feeding like every time she had to feed or every time I would pump. So I would pump, feed her with it. And then when she was asleep was my break to pump again, to to feed her in two hours, to shower. Yeah, exactly. And then another thing I would like to put out there is that the biggest help that you can give a pregnant woman is doing stuff around the house. 
Like, it's not about like, let me take the baby from you because the baby needs me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like, let me hold the baby because that's not what we need. Like we need somebody to do the laundry mm-hmm. because babies go through a bunch of clothes. Moms go through a bunch of clothes because the baby's constantly spinning up on you. So someone to do the laundry, someone to do the dishes, someone to feed you because I didn't have time to feed myself. It was either I was feeding the baby or I was showering or I was changing her diaper or burping her. It was a whole 24 hour shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the biggest help that you could give to a mom is doing stuff around the house. Be like, hey, you hungry? Here's a sandwich, eat it. Or let me do your laundry or let me clean the bathroom or let me sweep this up. So is being a mom what you expected? No, it's not. <laughs> and I feel like it gives me such a huge appreciation for my mom. And my mom's a mom of four. Like I have one. Crazy. <laughs> I have one. And it's so stressful. And it's, I love it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But it's not one bit what I thought it was going to be like. I think the only thing that I expected was the amount of love that I was going to have for my child. Mm-hmm. But everything else is different. Everything. Sometimes you you have resentment for like a good five seconds. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, oh, like I wish I was myself. Like I wish that I didn't have anything to take care of. Like I wish I could just sleep because like that's another thing that's been ruined. The sleep. <laughs> you can't really sleep because the baby wakes up in the middle of the night or because you have to do something for the baby or like, like now I'm back at work. So before I go to bed, I have to get ready for work. I have to get her bag ready for work. Mm-hmm. I got to get my lunch ready for work. I got to get her ready to sleep and hope that she sleeps through the night, feed her in the middle of the night if she wakes up or change her diaper or make sure that she's okay. So it's not what I thought it was going to be like. You think that it's like having a baby alive. You just get it. Baby alive. And then you feed it and it's cute and then it poops and you change its diaper and then you lay it down and it stays there. Mm-hmm. No, it's not like that at all. It's really not. I'm grateful that I don't have like a fussy, fussy baby that wakes up every hour because thank God she woke up every two hours. Now she only wakes up like maybe once in the middle of the night, twice if it's a bad night. Mm-hmm. But some women have babies that wake up every hour or that have colic that cry for three hours a day. So I'm grateful I don't have that. But it's definitely not what I thought it was gonna be like. Do you have any advice that you would give to someone who's getting ready to have a baby? Or just like one thing that you wish you knew? Like the most important thing you wish you knew. I don't even know what the most important thing would be. I feel like the biggest tip is just to be ready to not be ready. Yeah. Expect the unexpected. Yes, exactly. (laughs) No matter how many books you read, because I'm one of those people that's like, let me see the literature. Brianna had a yoga book that. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a yoga book that I was reading, like how to help descend the baby into the birth canal how to like stretch like I was watching YouTube videos I was reading like I was watching documentaries that all went out the window I promise you that I didn't think about one of those things while I was having contractions not one thing and my whole plan changed like I had this whole like in my head this is what's gonna happen and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. like I packed my bag because that's another thing like I was looking up how to pack your bag for the hospital And I went and I bought a Perry bottle, which is like the bottle that you use to rinse your vagina postpartum because they say some women get stitches. So some women can't use toilet paper. So it's a lot easier just to use water. Mm -hmm. I had witch hazel pads for stitches and I didn't use any of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't use any of it because I ended up having a C-section. Yeah. So 
expect the unexpected and be ready to change your plan because now that's what motherhood is is unexpected yeah so if you're uncomfortable with change start to get comfortable now because it's all going to be different mm-hmm. and that's okay so just be ready to conform to a different lifestyle well thank you for giving us some insight into your experience and just putting information out there because everything seems to be pretty limited when it comes to the topic of pregnancy birth and motherhood if anyone is listening and is interested in being interviewed or knows someone that might be interested in being interviewed for our podcast, please reach out to us via text or call at 845-248-3942. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.